show where it's always morning even in the afternoon i'm your host jay edgar and my wonderful co-host got laid over in charlotte earlier on today so i reached out to my friend jessica green to help out for the rest of the day jessica how are we doing today i'm doing great how about yourself doing good thanks for coming by and uh, doing this with us here that was uh that was a really really great thing at the last minute here so definitely oh, yeah, appreciate no it here and as you know, and as you saw up in the itinerary, we have got a ton to talk to uh, today. There's a ton of stuff that happened this week. Well, not really a ton of stuff, just a couple things, but they were really, really big things here. And one of them, including my hometown and all the mess that was just starting out when I was last with my audience last week here. So I hope you're ready to talk about something that is actually a little bit heartbreaking to me. We'll do our best. <laughs> we'll plow through. I don't know if you saw any of my any of my live streams that I had going on over there, and any of uh, the on the ground stuff that I did last week. But it is, I can't believe. Now I saw all the stuff happen. Like you probably saw a little bit in Atlanta. There, I thought you said that you used to live not that far from that uh, that Wendy's that burned up. Yeah, um, I was probably a good. <clears throat> excuse me. I was probably a good five minutes down the road from that Wendy's where that Wendy's burned down. Um, I lived all over the city, so I lived in different parts and um, the whole place is like my city. So when stuff like that happens, you feel it, it hits you in the heart. You're like, that's my town, you know, and it's, it's on fire right now. Um, yeah. we, we, we've had incidents happen that weren't even human caused. Like there were just accidents. We had a overpass bridge catch fire a couple of years back. And everybody was like, oh, man, like that just hurts to see something bad happen to your town. Yeah, so I'm sure that you have uh, just a bit of an idea of where I'm uh, coming from off of this one here. And uh, I mean, Atlanta, yeah, I mean, it's a big city and I know that it's real leftist. And I'm sure that some of the protesting that went on there expected. I never thought that that would hit Kenosha ever, ever in my lifetime. To hear Kenosha mentioned in the same breath with news like this is so odd. Yeah, because that you hear Kenosha and you kind of think quiet town. Yeah, it doesn't really like ring like a place. I mean, Atlanta, I don't know. We've had riots before, so it's like you can kind of uh, frame it. But when you hear Kenosha, there's riots in Kenosha. Like it's it doesn't roll off the tongue. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And just some of the horrific things that I saw while I was up on the ground there, too, just that car dealer you saw it burning up overnight but it doesn't hit you yeah. until you're actually standing in the middle of the parking lot seeing the burnt out husks of the cars i was telling you to be careful i don't know if you saw my comments in the live chat but I'm like yeah i was I worried because i'm like there's a lot of broken stuff all over the place like 
Yeah, there's a uh, Nephilim uh, pointing out here. Yeah, the, pretty much about the time I hit the live button, that cricket woke up too, didn't he? Little Is bastard. that where that's coming from? Oh yeah, my it's... god! <laughs> I think he's over I was in my like, bedroom. Gee, I hope that's not on my end. <laughs> no, I think he's up over in my bedroom here. Oh, okay. I know. He just I've been wants to little... have his voice heard. Don't silence him. Yeah, I've been chasing a little bastard for a week, so. <sighs> that sucks. Mm -hmm. that, do you have a cat? No. Oh, see, if you had a cat, you wouldn't have that cricket problem at all. <laughs> all right. Well, we do have a bunch of stuff to get to here today. I've got some video to show with you, uh, share with you. I've got some uh, pictures to share as well, and uh, something we've improved since I started having co-host here. As you, as you heard with the intro music, and hear yeah. everything that's coming in on my end here, so we don't have to rely on monitors and having you having the stream up as well. So that's going to be an improvement up off of here. Oh, awesome. But, we're going to recap a little bit of uh, how we got from the beginning of Kenosha up until now, uh, how we got to the point we're at here. Uh, there was a shooting mm -hmm. the day after I went down there the first time, and we'll talk a bit about what happened there. Evers made a statement almost immediately off of this and pissed a lot of people off with that, so we'll talk a bit about that. And the National Guard came in and finally quelled all this as well. Also, the offer went out as soon as the National Guard uh, quelled everything that happened in Kenosha. The offer went out to Ted Wheeler, and he put up the middle finger back. So we'll talk a bit about what's going on there. And some of the other things that happened in that city as well throughout the week here. The RNC was in full swing this week. And I've got some clips of some of the important speeches off of this, of course, with everything that happened in Kenosha here, and all the time I anticipate that we're going to spend off of this because this is my hometown. I picked up the big ones, so we'll talk a bit about uh, some of those speeches and some of the uh, high points, some of the key points from all of this. We'll talk a bit about that. There were some counter-protests to the speeches as well, so we'll talk about what happened out there, including with Rand Paul, and I've got some video of that. It's a picture of the effigy that they had out there. And we'll talk a little bit at the end of the show about Hurricane Laura, the hurricane that time forgot because everything else was happening up in Kenosha. So, it is going to be all of this and more over on the Red Net Show. We are streaming live right now to YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. And if you're over on Facebook, head on over into one of the live links that are above you because then you can participate in the live chat. We will read the chat between topics. We've got a couple of chat breaks carved out in the itinerary, so we'll come back and re-chat between the topics and see what you guys have to say and answer any questions for that. Or, if you can't catch us live or you want to catch us later on, you can catch us over on YouTube as well, or over on bitshoot.com. Or, lastly, you can take us up on the go. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come over and check us out on any of those platforms. And you can take us with you wherever you go. Lastly, come on over and head on over and see freedomscoop.com. Freedomscoop.com is going to be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs. You can check out great shows like The Freckles and Brit Show, The R-Rated Conservative, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Daily Ignoramus, and The Generational Gap. You can go over there and check all of them out. You can check out some of our swag, pick some of that up, and help us support great creators, and help us build a community of great creators as well. Great people to listen to, great people to talk to, and great people who will read your chat and answer your questions. Well, since you are not the regular guest over here, the regular co-host that sits over on the side of the screen, I want to make sure that you get some time to do a little bit of self-promo, a little bit of self-plug, and just a little bit of a self-interest there. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I know you've been over here a couple times here, but just take some time and tell us all about the world of Jessica Green. 
Sure. Um, <clears throat> I am the host of the Jessica Green Show, which is my YouTube channel. Um, I also have a blog, which is the Libertarian Kitchen Witch. I do uh, recipes, food history, and kind of some personal opinion gets mixed on in there. So if you're interested in reading, you can check that out. Um, I'm on Twitter. That's the best way to reach me. It's L-I-B-T Kit Witch, Libertarian Kitchen Witch at L-I-B-T Kit Witch. So if you want to, um, you know, come yell at me for something I said, that's where you would find me. <laughs> Why would we ever want to come and yell at you for something you said? You're so pleasant all the time. I am very pleasant. Um, I also have, I for completely spaced on this. I have a, a horror movie group. We're in the midst of the 100 Nights of Horror Challenge right now. We're on night 40, I think. And it is the largest horror movie challenge on the internet. Um, you can find that on, tw at, on Twitter as well, at 100 Horror Nights. Or there is a Facebook group, 100 Nights Oh Horror, as if it were Irish, green, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's if you're a horror movie fan, we don't have a lot of rules. It's okay that it's like midway through the challenge. Just like come join the fun. Um, we'd love to have you. And I will make sure that I didn't get any of that in the initial description, but I will make sure that all the replays have that in the description as well. So go over Thank there you. and check all that out over there. Check out a great friend of the uh, network here. If I ever get control of my website again, we are probably going to pull you onto the network at some point. But <laughs> with the site rebuild right now, I can't even sign into my own website right now. Oh, man. I'm having the same problem with my Netflix on Roku. I forgot my password so long ago <laughs> that I just can't watch Netflix in my living room anymore. I just watch it in my bedroom now. <laughs> no, the security that the uh, previous owner put on uh, Freedom Scoop got so powerful that... Uh, I am actually locked out of the manager account. Uh-oh. So only he has it. And, of course, with him working with the RNC right now, he is uh, incredibly busy. So he hasn't been able to address a lot of that either. So that's where we're like sitting that on that guy right who died with millions of dollars in his Bitcoin bank account and nobody has any way to get into it. Hmm. I didn't know the about passwords. that, but that is, uh, that is kind of fun to see. Like... What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I'm going to check in with the live chat here for just a second with Nephilim and giving the shout out to uh, Jiminy over there that decided that he wanted to make a little bit of noise. And then Harvey McLeod is in here as well saying hi to everyone here. So thanks He's for coming and checking us out. things to say, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fill that live chat up. I want to hear from you guys as we go along here. But we've got some stuff to talk about here as well. So I want to hear this from an outsider's position. I did the majority of the talking about this for the last week and over the last few episodes between all of the live streams that I did on the ground, all the contemporaries that I've been talking about, which has been the majority of what I've been talking about on my morning show here. I want to hear about this from the outside. So what have you seen on this Kenosha story so far? So, you know, I don't watch like television news very much. So I don't know what like people around Atlanta have seen. I have seen a lot of videos on Twitter though. And um, people sharing them is like mainly the way I think that the news about this is getting out because mm -hmm. I don't like I said, I don't seek out the news sources necessarily. But if CNN or Fox or anybody like that does big stories about it, you usually see them. Right. I haven't seen a lot of that kind of thing, but I have seen a lot of like people sharing their own videos. And so that's kind of the way that I've gotten wind of what's going on, including your video where you're walking around in the car lot. That was extremely shocking. It's like you're in the middle of this like little area, and then all of a sudden it looks like a war zone. That's 
really disheartening. Yeah. I, I, I really felt for you in that moment, like to be walking around in your own hometown and see a burned out car lot like that. That would really shake me up, too. It was. It was. I mean, it was absolutely heartbreaking to see. And like I had mentioned before, when I used to live in Kenosha, I was only three quarters of a mile from where all of that was happening. And that's that's crazy to think about, you know, if things had gone differently in your life, you might have been <clears throat> somehow in the path of some of this destruction. And you also see that, like, people have gotten hurt and, you know, there's been more than, you know, I don't know how, how far down this road you want to continue because we have other stories to talk about. But, like, mm -hmm. it's sort of like violence begets violence. And uh, this thing only seems to be escalating. Um, not only the, do the police not seem to be in any way going to stop their uh, misrelations with the communities, they're, um, the people, the communities are not going to stop rioting in return. And that's a really scary prospect to me. Well, a lot of the really scary prospects to me is the fact that a lot of this isn't really community-based either. I know that this, I mean, Kenosha has become, well, it's all quelled at this point here, but it, it really became a war zone of visiting armies. People were being bussed in from various places around the country. I know that there were a lot of cars, vans, and even a school bus stopped on Washington Road and 30th Avenue, which probably two to three miles from where all the riding was happening. And yeah. they all had, they had blacked out plates, but when they got the black coat off of them, checked them by the VIN and their registration, all of them were registered to Washington State. Interesting. I, I did see an article that they had arrested people from over 75 different cities mm -hmm. who were there. <clears throat> and it's like, it takes money to get all of these people to mobilize. You know, that kind of thing, that kind of organization doesn't, happen without some kind of funding behind it so not to put on my own tinfoil hat here but like i study history i know what it takes to mobilize armies it's it's a tremendous effort and that just all seemed to come together really fast um but yeah so that i mean even if it's not maybe i i misspoke when i said community mm -hmm. like the community rioting in response but it doesn't it doesn't seem like anytime there's a, a shooting that can be pushed to look a certain way through the narrative of the mainstream media, mm -hmm. you're going to have that kind of reaction show up, even in a town like Kenosha, which again is like so strange to say there's rioting in Kenosha. How freaking um, bizarro world is it to think of something like that happening in Kenosha? Was that's Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I have to ask I, you this actually because you're a Michigander too. On top of that, originally, you're, you're yeah, not there I come anymore. From but upper, upper Michigan, yeah, I was in Marquette. Okay, I was going to say, did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever get down to like that area? I know it was a big um, tourist trail. Yeah, we went to a mall in Green Bay one time, and it was like the trip of our lives. Yeah. So <laughs> things were much smaller back then. The world was a much smaller place back then. So it seemed to me anyway. Um, but yeah, I'd only ever been to Green Bay the one time to go to the mall because my town didn't have a mall. So seems like an awfully long way to go for a mall. They, that's I know where, where Marquette was, is. Like, um, the biggest mall 
for because like right now we have the mall of georgia mm -hmm. here and people bus in from incredible distances to come to this mall i'm thinking i mean you've got to have a closer mall than that right but it's like it's mm -hmm. like a big mall um mall culture is dying yeah. so you're not going to see much of that anymore but like I don't know, when they first put the Mall of Georgia up, you would see, like, buses of, like, Japanese tourists and stuff <laughs> like that who came from the airport to Gwinnett County, which is, like, over an hour away from the city, um, to go to the mall. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I knew all about that, too, because when I was a kid, I know, I, I say I grew up in Kenosha because I really found myself, but I never lived there as a kid. I lived there from age 18 to 30. But yeah, when I was under 18, I lived only maybe an hour away from the Mall of America. Oh, wow. The, when you live close to a place like that, yeah. sometimes you like never go to it. I went there once. Like, um, I lived in downtown Atlanta and I never, I never went to the Coke Museum. I never went to like, there's a bunch of iconic Atlanta stuff. I've never seen it. I lived there for a decade. <laughs> I'm going to take a second here, though, and go back to Kenosha. I'm going to read oh, I'm just, to get, uh, <clears throat> just to get the actual green check facts back onto this here because Freedom Scoop isn't green checked itself here. Uh, briefly from the Daily Wire, Wisconsin burns. Violent riots hit Democrat-controlled cities. National Guard deployed. On Tuesday night, violent rioters attacked Kenosha and Madison, uh, which both have Democrat mayors, as Wisconsin Democratic uh, Governor Tony Evers failed to stop the violent riots from spreading after they began on Sunday night over an officer-involved shooting. The violence came after Evers immediately moved to criticize the way that law enforcement responded. And I will actually read that statement here in just a little bit. We're going to talk about a couple other things first. That resulted in a man who was black being shot multiple times. Evers rushed to criticize the police, came while he admitted that they did not have all the facts of the case. So, and for the most part, the Madison stuff all got swept completely under the rug. Like, it happened, and it was bad. They went downtown, and they busted out a bunch of windows. Uh, there were some various projectiles that were being hurled at the police officers up in Madison. A um, bunch of other stuff. But that got completely swept under the rug for the most part. And for the most part, it uh, got swept under the rug because the Rittenhouse story happened. Yeah, that kind of, I mean, it, it's like all these things are happening really fast. So it's hard to kind of learn what the facts of the other case was because now you're swept along into the next thing. And the Rittenhouse thing ended up being so much more contentious, I think, um, because of the circumstances. But it's all related. It's all the same thing kind of rolled into one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I will just mention again, it's just really odd how all of all of the sudden these large numbers of people were able to mobilize for destructive purposes. Like, I just think that's something to notice. Well, I don't think it's odd at all. I mean, like you had said, I think there is something that's back here driving it. But, yeah, I mean, the whole thing happened at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And by 7 o'clock, and this is central time, of course, but by 7 o'clock, yeah, they were busting shit up and burning shit down. Um, yeah, it, that requires uh, organizational effort, I think, to... I mean, sure, you have angry people, but, I mean... Do you think every single town and every single place uh, has this tendency to go busting windows in their own neighborhoods? No, <laughs> they don't, you know. Well, and some uh, of this so does have to do with the fact, too, that we do have an instantaneous and 24-hour news cycle as well. Yeah. I mean, people were pushing this over. As it happened, people were pushing this through Facebook and 
Twitter right away instantly. I mean, this is this is a level of information speed that we didn't see in the Rodney King riots. I heard um, conflicting facts, too, because the first thing I heard was that he had shot a girl. And then I heard that he had shot a guy in the head and that they were chasing him down after he shot this guy in the head. And so, like, I had all these, like, conflict conflicting reports. And then the only thing you saw was that that video of him, you know, basically it was hard to tell there is a guy with, you know, a skateboard, but you don't have the context to go with it. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's just a bunch of people chasing each other in the street and all of a sudden there's gunfire and it's mm -hmm. like, nobody wants to wait and see what the circumstances surrounding the case are. They just want to make like bold assertions. So even in like the Liberty community that I frequent on Twitter, there were people who were like, just really boldly asserting things right away about it. Oh, and... we don't want to get into Liberty Twitter right away because I, <laughs> I am about to go off on them in a little bit. You, you can. I think it deserves it. I, I, I think it... You, you know what I'm going after, too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and maybe pretty well-deserved, in my opinion. Well, like, yeah. And one of the things, too, going back on to the, I mean, the shooting and the fact that they started rioting right away is, I mean... I hate to implicate character on people I've never met before, but I do think that there were there was a series of people in there in this entire group that were local to the city already that heard about the shooting and said, "Oh boy, we're going to get some free shit here." Yeah. That's you know, that was the case in Atlanta too. Mm -hmm. That when the Wendy's thing happened, that there were kind of just people who I think a lot of people who come out these things, they come out for the show. They come mm -hmm. out to watch and, and see what's going to happen. And then, you know, if, if an opportunity presents itself, you know, that people will act on it. People are, there are opportunists, you know, who will, who will take any reason. And it doesn't have anything to do with lives or police brutality or anything like that. It's just an opportunity to score something. And they, they would have behaved that way anyway, no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, I kind of wish that I hadn't uh, screwed up and had the microphone off when I was uh, first when I was doing my first live stream. Essentially, I found out that if you like, if you try and stream from Bluetooth, which I was going to try and do when I was coming into town and not seeing anything, and then because my phone hooks up with the uh, the Ford Sync in my pickup truck, so okay. it would have gone through the Bluetooth through the microphone above uh, above my head in my truck. So when I separated the bluetooth when i got out of the truck it auto muted obs on my phone uh -huh. which is why i walked around for the entire day with no sound because you know it didn't show me the fact that the microphone was muted but well, i didn't I mean, even see the no sound stuff so <laughs> yeah but i mean the horrific side i didn't intend to go see the press conference i didn't i did not go down to kenosha with the intent to seeing the press conference i was just walking around and i happened to see the fact that yes there's a press conference that's gathering up in uh, uh, Centennial Park. And then they moved it out in front of the safety building. And at which point, when we were in front of the safety building, after they tried to rip the door off the hinges to the safety building, when they tried to move the mayor back in. But the mayor gave a press conference in front of there. And, I mean, nobody could use a bullhorn, so I couldn't hear what he said anyway. But just to get the audio on some of that as well and hear everything that happened there. And then, of course... When they ripped the hinges off the door, the riot police came out and That's stood in front of the door. And, like, I guess immediately after I left, 
I found this out, I think on Friday night, I found this out when I was going back and reviewing some stuff. It was probably maybe 20 minutes after I left. They uh, pepper sprayed everybody who was gathered up around the door of the safety building. Oh, Jesus. I was so concerned that you were going to be down there after dark. I was I was messaging you like, hey, bro, they moved the curfew. You need to like leave. Well, that and was the I second was... night that I was down. That was Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, much... I, I didn't know that you were down there on Tuesday. I didn't know that at all. But yeah, yeah I was concerned because like it, once the violence starts, once once the S starts to fly, it doesn't care. The, you know, it doesn't care if you're just there as a casual observer. So I think people can get caught up in, in craziness very easily. Yeah, they don't care if you have a press pass once it, starts, uh, once it starts going up here. What what happened? They don't care if you have a press pass once all the shit starts going down. No, they they don't even care if you're on their side, man. <laughs> it's just it's just it's, it's madcap. It's 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 chaos. Like it's just I saw a video of a guy smashing a window mm-hmm. and a woman walks up with her dog. She's a black woman and she goes, "Hey, like what are you doing? This is my apartment." And the guy looks at her for a second smashes the window one more time and then walks away (laughs) like man this isn't about racial equality it's not about any of that it's literally an excuse to go out and breaks break things you you've had people trapped in their homes for months they don't have any work they don't have any prospects a lot of you know drug and alcohol use has skyrocketed people are not in the best mental state and then you kind of gave them an excuse to go out and, you know, misbehave. And some people, they're taking that opportunity to do that, in my opinion. It has nothing to do with a political cause. Yeah, there's some communism and stuff kind of like thrown in there, but it's not not all of it. Some of it is just people letting their frustration at, at the world out and, and taking it out on their, their own community, which is madness. Well, one of the worst things to come out of all of this and the fact that they were writing like this, I've got another one here from the Daily Wire I just want to read briefly from. The headline says it all, though. Jacob Blake's mom blasts rioters for destroying Kenosha, apologizes to Trump. Uh, Ryan Saavedra wrote about this one here, and a lot of the other mainstreams didn't talk about this at all yeah, from any I of this Yeah, I heard about year. this, too. But yeah, Julia Jackson, the mother of Jacob Blake, blasted rioters who have caused substantial violence and riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin this week after her 29-year-old son was shot by police in an attempted arrest, saying that she is disgusted by their behavior. And of course, the president called her to try and uh, offer his condolences for the fact that uh, her son was involved in this. And he Mm -hmm. is walking away now. He is uh, in stable condition. He's paralyzed and he confessed to having the knife. But nobody's talking about that at all. But yeah, I mean, she came out and she said, well, I apologize for what my family members have said to you and about you. And if I would have take, been there to take the call, I was out of the house at the time. This would have been different and I wasn't trying to dodge you. So, I mean, she was very kind to the president, which you don't see from that community. I saw what this woman the day after it happened. Mm-hmm. She came out and gave a speech to the press at large. And she was so um, calm and thoughtful and I appreciated her words so much because she was really like, she understood what was about to happen too. And she was like, this, we don't need this. This isn't helpful. You know, she urged calm. She urged unity. She urged understanding. And like, I think that um, she was unfortunately like crying into the wind because it fell on deaf ears. But I really appreciated this woman. So 
when I heard that she had gotten a personal call from the president and I was like, hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that much of political offices, so I don't want to be like, oh, that's nice. But I mean, that's a, that's a nice thing and I'm sure she appreciated it, you know, because um, this woman's going through a terrible, terrible time her, just personally herself. Mm -hmm. And she still thought about everyone else around her and the community around her and thought, you know what, people don't deserve to suffer because of a mistake that my son made. Mm -hmm. So um, I really appreciate this woman and, and really admire her and how she was able to make that statement while going through such personal pain. Well, it's weird to me, too, because I remember right from the beginning of it. I mean, they brought the dude's father up here and I think he was almost trying to incite more of the violence. Yeah, I mean, there there were even people in the press, I guess the local press from that area, who were inter inter uh, interviewing, excuse me, interviewing her. And um, I noticed that she, they tried to bait her kind of several ways, just like make her say that she was like angry at, you know, political people or what have you. And she just didn't take the bait. Right. She like kind of, you know, and I was like, okay, so this this lady has her head on straight. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily speak for the other members of her family. Um, you know, <laughs> my family's got some crazies. Um, I might be one of them. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, that doesn't speak for just because, you know, you're in the same family doesn't mean you necessarily have the same ideals either. So um, I appreciate his mother. I, I, I think that she's a, a force for good in this situation. And um you know, people like to use the mothers, the, the tearful mothers mm -hmm. in any situation. They like to parade grieving, tearful women up onto stages in order to forward political causes. And it's such an exploitation. And I really ap appreciate the way that she refused to be exploited in this way. Well, and I mean, absolutely as well on the on that side, too. I mean, you've heard the stereotype didn't do nothing. That is yeah. the exact exploitation of those mothers. But it's 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 all kinds like also whenever they have a political convention, they they take some grieving widow of a of a soldier or, you know, just any time somebody wants to, like, get you on their side, get your vote, anything like that. They always pull some child or some grieving widow up onto the stage and parade her pain and her tears out for everyone to see. And, you know, I, I'm not a very big fan of the practice, as you mm -hmm. might imagine. And so when she refuses to be uh, manipulated, to be marionetted uh, out in this way, um, to further incite division in a country that, you know, is on its last thread, I appreciate her rejecting that role and, and saying, no, I'm not going to be, you know, made into this straw man. I'm not going to be made into this caricature. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things, too, that uh, goes along with this and going down because nobody's talked to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's mother. And that's the next thing that we've got going on down this. Now, I cannot show any of the video for this because, well, Jiski's already watching and she's already up my ass for this. I've got two videos that are in uh, uh, age restriction right now. And what? another one that's in limited state because I was showing some of the videos that are going around all the rest of the news cycles. This case is, this is going to, um, I thought this was going to end up as big as like the OJ trial because the whole country is so divided 
already before like any of like the real details have even come out about this um we've already just already all decided what happened and they're completely different events Mm -hmm. and so i think that this case is going to be like it's going to be huge like there's no way for it not to be it's going to be public and huge so to read from cnn here uh Illinois teen arrested in a fatal shooting at Kenosha protest, police say. A 17-year-old Illinois resident connected to an overnight shooting during a protest at Kenosha, Wisconsin, was taken into custody Wednesday morning, according to police in Antioch, Illinois. And this this whole story has changed over the past few days as well. Wisconsin authorities issued an arrest warrant charging Kyle Rittenhouse with first-degree intentional homicide, which is fucking nuts, by the way. Antioch police said he is in the custody of the Lake County Judicial System pending an extradition hearing to transfer him from Illinois to Wisconsin. Antioch is located about 15 to 20 miles from Kenosha, just across the state border. And the first thing that I'm going to say about this before we get into anything else off of this, which surprises the shit out of me coming out of Illinois, of all places, especially in Lake County, which is as close to Chicago as it is, corrupted as it is, is... Lake County at this point has given the finger back to Kenosha County and says, no, we're not extraditing him yet until he gets legal representation and people stop stop trying to crucify him. So as of right now, he is still arrested in Lake County, but they're not sending him back across the border until there are some more safeguards put into place. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, this is going to be a doozy because... As a lot of people, I think, have rightly pointed out, it's sort of um, our right to self-defense that's being put on trial here. Because if you are part of the camp that believes that Kyle Rittenhouse was uh, in fear for his life and was legally allowed to own a weapon for the protection of his life, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, if he goes to jail for this, then it's as though, you know, it's setting a precedent mm-hmm. for the rest of the country that if you're being shot at, attacked, kicked in the face... Uh, while you're pinned down on the ground by a guy hitting you with a skateboard, you can't use your weapon to defend yourself. And I mean, McCloskey's pointed that out in their speech, too. I've got a uh, clip from their speech for after the first chat break here that we're going to look at. Because, I mean, even outside of this incident, they already had that speech prepared, pointed out. And we're pointing out the exact same thing. Yeah, it's... Um, it, when something like this happens, I try really hard to wait at least 24 hours before I comment on it because mm-hmm. more information always comes out. But one thing I noticed kind of in my uh, vow of silence for my first 24 hours was that there were two stories of what had happened and people believed their story right away and it didn't matter what new information came out. Mm-hmm. It didn't budge anybody from the story that they believed. So it was either Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong or Kyle Rittenhouse was a terrorist. And yeah. doesn't matter what's come out. It's it's you I haven't seen anybody who believed either narrative shift. <laughs> well, and just to give an idea of where this came from. So on was that Tuesday morning? Or was that Wednesday morning? I don't even remember anymore because this all happened so fast. Yeah. On Wednesday morning a video was released. Uh, showing a young person running with, I believe it was seven people running after him at one point. He tripped, Mm -hmm. fell down, uh, was Mm -hmm. attacked by a skateboard. He rolled over, pulled up, uh, 
shot one of his aggressors through the heart, the other one into the arm, and the rest of the mob that was chasing him backed off and ran away. And that was the only video evidence that we had had initially of anything that had happened from any of this. Now, within 24 hours, another video surfaced showing a projectile being thrown at Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, the New York Times, of all places, actually threaded together a very, very defensible piece to the defense of Kyle Rittenhouse, showing the fact that immediately behind him, another one of the aggressors, the one I believe who wound up being shot in the neck, had pointed a pistol in the air and fired it. Of course, in the heat of the moment with everything else that was going on, uh, reasonably, uh, reasonable to believe that your life's in danger, Kyle turned around, shot, at which point that's where the second video catches up and you see Rittenhouse running down the street and then, yes, trip, fall over, pull back up, shoot one, shoot two, get back up, and attempt to go to the police to surrender himself. Which, of course, with everything else going on at this point, the police had, or believed that they had other things going, or bigger things to deal with at the time. Yeah. Um, what's amazing to me is that between shooting the first man and shooting the second man, which is the man he shot in the arm, mm -hmm. um... The guy had a gun, but put the gun up like this. Mm -hmm. And Kyle restrained himself from, like, amazing trigger discipline. You have to, yeah. I mean, I don't know what side of anything you're on. You got to admit, that is hell of triggered it because my ass would have been blasting a semicircle direction around me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he, he restrained himself from shooting the guy, and then the guy goes to point the gun at him, at which point he obliter rightfully obliterates his arm. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> not to give away which side I'm leaning toward, but uh, yeah, so th there is that moment there that I think shows that it wasn't his intent to just show up there and start blasting protesters. Because mm -hmm. if that was the case, I mean, he'd have just ended that guy right there and then. But he didn't. Uh, he he showed remarkable restraint. He was 17 years old. You know, like, he, this is a young kid. And that had to be an incredibly frightening, terrifying moment, especially you just shot a man. Mm -hmm. um, something that you're going to remember and is going to haunt you for the rest of your life in that moment. And you still showed remarkable restraint and discipline not to shoot and kill that other man you saw approaching you with a gun. Um, that guy, he should be thanking Kyle Rittenhouse that he's alive yeah. right now, in my opinion. So there are some other sides to this before we start getting into the speculation and the controversy that's happening over on Liberty Twitter right now. I just want to bring one other thing out here so we have some of the facts that went along with this. Uh, the New York Post writes, suspected teen gunman Kyle Rittenhouse spotted cleaning uh, Kenosha graffiti before the shooting. So the photos, show, or, yeah, the photos that's circulating around shows Kyle Rittenhouse cleaning graffiti off the side of Ruther High School, which I pointed out in the video that uh, um, I showed the second time. Is that his high school? I could no. never find that. No, because that's 20 okay. miles away from where he lived, and he would have had to cross uh, state lines to do that. Okay, I see. But that is, that's that's the high school that they put people that, are, that have, uh, let's say, behavioral problems where they can't go to a traditional high school. That's the alternative uh, yeah. high school. Yeah, we got one of those here, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, if a bunch of people who've been to Juvie and stuff like that, they're they're the ones that go out to uh, to Ruther High School. But, yeah, that's right downtown. I took several so videos. So, essentially a high school for kids with special needs. 
got kind vandalized of, yeah. by a bunch of crazies, but okay. Yeah. yeah. So he was on uh, the side of the building cleaning off the graffiti from that. Uh, some other facts have come out here before we get into the speculation I want to point out. Uh, Rittenhouse was in town in that morning to work. He was working as a uh, lifeguard at one of the local pools. So he was in town already. It wasn't like he had come across state lines just to hunt down other people as the narrative has been going along here. Uh, he was in town as a lifeguard. He stayed to help clean things up throughout the day and into the night after the curfew and everything. And the biggest thing that came off of this is the fact that uh, he had been asked to stay and defend a car lot, which I still have not found what the relationship was between him and the car lot owner. So I will plead the ignorance on that one as well. And he was handed a gun for his own defense. That was from uh, Wisconsin. That gun never crossed state lines. And that is important because that takes another one of the charges off the table that has been levied against him. So as of right now, he has got uh, two counts of first degree intentional homicide. One count of attempted first degree intentional homicide. A count of transporting a firearm across state lines and account of minor in possession of a firearm unlawfully. Yeah, so someone had pointed out to me, and I'm not a legal expert, so I don't know how true this is, but mm -hmm. that there is some st strategy in overcharging him, um, that trying to go at him with a full first-degree murder charge, like it's harder to make that kind of thing stick, mm -hmm. so that there is some um, strategy to help him get off by overcharging the situation. Because I think even in the, the best of circumstances, him being, you know, drop kicked and hit with the skateboard, you know, by a mob that's been definitely shown to be able to do violence. I mean, how many, we're looking at 26, 30 odd people who have died in these riots so far. So I think, you know, even without a Maltov and even without a gun being fired into the air, a person being chased by a protester mob has every reason to believe that their life is in danger. I certainly would have, you know, and I, like I said, might not have been able to show the level of trigger restraint that young Kyle had shown. Mm -hmm. God bless him. And now Twitter, as you have mentioned, and we've been teasing here for a little while, is up in arms as to whether or not this kid is innocent or guilty. Of We're going to talk about murder. Sal, aren't we? <laughs> we are going to talk about Sal. I am pissed at Liberty Twitter right now because so many of them are up on, and I know why they're doing it too. I know why they're so ready to crucify this poor kid. Now, and especially now, let me lay out the scene before I get into this. So about half of Twitter right now is in defense and most of 4chan too, but it's 4chan, so that's what it is. But most of them are in defense of Rittenhouse that said that he did nothing wrong, that uh, he was in defense of himself. And I really believe that he was in defense of himself. He got hit in the head by a fucking skateboard as a pedophile convicted was standing over him with a gun pointed at him. He did nothing wrong. It is my belief that he was acting in self-defense. And the other half of Twitter is on the side of he is an intentional. I mean, to listen to some of these people over on the other side of Twitter, I mean, this wasn't a self-defensive shot and him rolling back up. To listen to some of the people on the other side of Twitter, these three people were up on their knees and being shot in the back of the head execution style if you listen to the way that they're describing the whole situation. Which, I mean, from the video, that's definitely not what happened. And 
Saldi Agorist was the one that just really pissed me off because now I'm seeing that a lot of Liberty Twitter is ready to crucify this kid. And I understand why. I do understand why they are out this because they have that much hatred for the state. Remember that young Rittenhouse wanted to grow up and be a cop when he grew up. So what's been your take on all of this? So Sal made an initial tweet where he made a point about um, just sort of uh, the intent of going down there with a gun that, you know, it's, is it necessarily self-defense if you're like putting yourself in a situation to fight? And I just, I kind of thought like as a discussion point, it was a valuable point. Um, even though I believe he was acting in self-defense, it's like, yeah, these are things we can talk about for sure. Like, you know, you, you kind of, you have this gun and you're running around in the middle of this, you know, protest slash riot. And I mean, I, I, I think there are things to sort of discuss, you know, are, are you looking for trouble to a certain extent? You know, we are kind of filled with a hero rhetoric because we don't want, I don't want the kid to go to jail for doing what I would have done in the same situation, though I do recognize the point that I wouldn't have put myself in that situation to begin with. I think there's, you know, you can have a, um, a discussion. We don't give ourselves the freedom to kind of um, discuss things anymore. He was getting piled on mm -hmm. at that first tweet. Mm -hmm. And I think because of the pile on, he's kind of just like decided to go ahead and lay on the, the gas with that. Um, I do think you're correct that there is a hatred of the state that envelops the sort of like anarcho Twitter community, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I also have that disdain for the state mm -hmm. because of what it is philosophically. But I think that maybe, I don't know, I'm more of a pragmatist and I recognize that we like live in this world. So it's not like tomorrow we can snap our fingers and then the state just won't exist anymore. So Wouldn't like you have nice? to take into account Say again? Wouldn't that be nice, though? Yeah, I mean, it, it would and it wouldn't because it's, you know, there's um, people don't have the kind of infrastructures in place to um, not kind of get a little chaotic after that happens. So I personally think a step down approach is much better. There are others who think ripping the rug out from underneath 350 million people with different interests is a good idea. I don't. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I think that things can be done better by the, the, the private sector than the state. That doesn't necessarily mean, think, you know, in an anarcho community that I envision that there wouldn't be people who fulfill the role of what we now call police officers. Uh -huh. There would certainly probably be a, a private entity that did that same function. We still would want there to be security forces in a world without the state. So to me, it's kind of like crazy to be just like, oh, well, we just hate cops. And therefore, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is our enemy because he wanted to be a cop. Therefore, he's guilty. That is a terrible, uh, that's not even a line of logic. There's right. no line here. <laughs> well, and I completely expected the crucifixion to attempt to come from progressive Twitter. Because they're pissed at this point that, well, somebody, fought, that somebody fought back. Yeah, yeah, it did too. Uh, I, I, most of my Facebook is still like 
vastly socialist and liberal. Mm -hmm. And the narrative there is that he's a white supremacist terrorist mm -hmm. that with their, went there with the intent to just mow, mow protesters down. Mm -hmm. There is no evidence for that claim, but they believe it. And I see it getting put around. I, I lurk in a few tanky groups just to kind of see what they say. And that's the narrative. And those people, make no mistake, they are gearing up. They want a war. And if people are willing to go down there with firearms to give them that war, that's what they want. And so I think there is a valid discussion to be had there. Like, is the appropriate response to go down there with weapons and, and to play their game with them to start this violent conflict that they want so badly? I don't know that that's a strategically good idea to give them what they want in that circumstance, which is violence. Right. And I think poor, poor Kyle Rittenhouse um, followed a path of good intentions straight to hell. He, he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to do what he, he thought was the right thing. And it ended up having to, he killed two or three people. He killed two and injured a third. Injured a third. His life, as it would have been the path and direction of his life, as it would have been, is forever altered. He'll never not see the faces of the men he killed. Uh -huh. It'll never not be part of who he is, that he is Kyle Rittenhouse, a name we all know now. Uh -huh. I mean, this this has altered this young young man's life and three other lives irrevocably forever. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that there's just no evidence for the claim that he, he went down there with the intent to just shoot protesters. So, you know, let's let's stop with that narrative immediately. Let's stop with the narrative that he, you know, just he may have had a hero vision of himself as as so many young men often do. And I think that that could have played a role in why he decided he he needed to go down there mm -hmm. and that he should have a gun while he did. Um, but it's tragic. It's 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 not a hero story. It's it's the tragic life loss of a young person's life. Mm hmm. Um, including, and this isn't including the two lives that were lost at the end of the gun. His life is lost here too. And I think it's tragic. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't celebrate what happened at all. And I don't think anyone should get it in their head that they should follow his footsteps or take up arms and go down them there and fight with these people. Cause I think that's what they want and it would be giving them what they wanted. Sorry, rant. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I've, I've had plenty of them as, we, as we've gone along with this as well. Because, I mean, just everything about the situation up until the very end of it was ridiculous city. It's uh, There are people who ha their stated purpose is, is to bring down the, the country. To, like, mm -hmm. bring down the government, bring down the culture, all of it. It's not just the state that they're going after. So like, don't mistake these people as being on your side. Right. They don't want to. They don't want a, a liberty-minded, uh, um, stateless society, a Rothbardian stateless society. They want to replace one kind of authoritarianism with another kind of authoritarianism. And you know, some of the rhetoric <laughs> that they're using has been tried before, and it resulted in millions of people's deaths. And it's just you know. To get drawn into open conflict with these people is is playing their game. They will poke you and pull your beard and do everything that they can to get you to come out there and fight with them. You know, because then, you know, 
that's what they need. That Because you see how they take this clear-cut case of self-defense. This kid was getting hit with a skateboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. there was a mob who has been shown perfectly capable of killing other people, ready to descend on him in the middle of a night's street. He, it was a clear-cut case of self-defense. And he is being painted as a white supremacist terrorist who went down there with the intent to kill. Uh, <laughs> evidence doesn't matter anymore. Like, what can people can see with their own eyes? It doesn't matter anymore. So don't let them draw you into their conflict because you mm-hmm. you can't win that PR battle. It doesn't matter how right you are. You know that's uh, a <laughs> and um. The, the places where this violence is being allowed because the state officials are allowing it, you know, you have to get out of the way of that. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't rely on those people to come save you. They're not going to come save you. But, you know, if you want, you're not going to go down there and start a war either. Like, <laughs> don't do not do that. That's all I'm saying is don't go start wars. Right. Because this place is a fucking powder keg. Sorry. I didn't mean to swear. Why not? I'm just saying, I mean, like, it's not ladylike. I'll, I, I try not to do it. It's not ladylike. Uh, this place is a fucking powder keg. People go down that you think you have this thing in your head, like, oh, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to protect uh, property and all of those things. And yeah, that's a that's a noble kind of idea. But look what happened to this kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the the state, <laughs> the state's not going to protect you. Right. They 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 will if. If it is politically expedient for them, they will crucify this kid. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. If if, if it's politically expedient to these people to do mm-hmm. it, the state's not going to save you. Do not rely on them for that. Um, and so in my opinion, if you go down there with firearms, there's going to be blood. You know, it's it, and it might be yours. What are you doing to your family? What are you doing to your community? You know, to go down there and start a war. Don't do that. So, like, I get where people who are angry at Kyle Rittenhouse for doing what he did. I don't know that he's completely in the right. I don't know that he's a, a complete ingenue and all that he wanted was to be a protector. I don't know his intent. All I know is that it's stupid. Like, it's clearly stupid to go down there and 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 fight with these people. Well, I know uh, Lynn Wood is defending uh, the kid. Uh, the guy from the Sandman case. The guy from which case? The Nick Sandman case. The guy that uh, won Nick Sandman all okay. that money off of uh, all the networks. It's the same lawyer? He is not directly going to court because I don't think he can practice criminal law in Wisconsin, but he is setting up the okay. defense team, an all-star defense team, pro bono. That's a relief. That, that kid really needs a, an all-star defense team mm-hmm. because this is not about facts. This isn't about him or his intent or what actually happened anymore. This is a huge national public trial in the middle of a, I mean, not that they're going to have his trial before the election, but um, this has almost nothing to do with him anymore. Mm-hmm. He is just right. the puppet for the, the stage that's being set right now. And this is the kind of thing that we actually had trial by jury and, um, unlawful search and seizure. This is the reason that the founders set out the Constitution the way that they were. So that people couldn't just go down into a kangaroo trial so they could actually have legal representation and not be persecuted by the state. This is the I, reason I, the Constitution was set up the way that it was. I believe that the Constitution is a beautiful document. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's really truly a beautiful document and it's a, a, a modern of a, a marvel of um modern ingenuity like bringing us into the future but it didn't function the way that it intended as a stopgap like for the government's power it just it didn't it didn't function that way and so you know yeah it might have been set up that way but it doesn't work that way the government violates it um easily well and they get a lot of help from the fact that every bit of news is available to everybody almost instantly too and it's not news either it's, right. it's what propaganda. this side wants you to think what that side wants you to think mm -hmm. like watching fox and watching cnn it's like watching two different versions of reality and i i like we were talking about how not all the people in the same family think the same way mm-hmm members of my family are tearing each other to shreds on social media right now because they watched the same video and saw sorry that's my dog making that noise um they saw two different events mm -hmm. they all watched the same video and i'm watching people i've known my whole life and they truly saw two different events and it's mm -hmm. baffling to me especially since i like purposefully waited to say anything about what i thought personally about the situation for a good day maybe two days um, I didn't say anything and uh, just watched everybody talk about it. And I was like, wow, that really astonishes me. And it, it's not just two versions. It's people have 30 different versions oh, of this yeah. event. Because <laughs> I see the way that Liberty Twitter is split on this issue. And, you know, then I have my um, Democrat friends and family and far left uh, tanky friends and all those kind of people like, uh, they see this as like the opening shots. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's on now. And then I don't know if you were going to get into this story, so pardon me if I'm skipping ahead, but then you have the murder of the Trump supporter. In Portland, yeah, night. I've got that uh, actually queued up over here for okay, a so, little ways uh, down the road. Yeah, um, but people are uh, people on the, the hard left, they're celebrating that mm -hmm. this is the opening shots and we've shot back. And... Um, you know, so many people have the words civil war on their lips. I don't know <laughs> if that's something that can get you banned from you from YouTube yet. But um, well, Tim Pool is still there. As okay. insufferable well, as he is. Well, you know, famous people get away with a lot more stuff um, being part of the modern aristocracy. But that's another episode. Um, well, hell, yeah, I can so, talk about a cheese pie in a uh, fence door and get thrown what, off wait, of YouTube. You talking about a cheese pie in the off? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> a cheese pie must mean something sexual in Silicon Valley. No, you know, <laughs> what, what What kind of pie has mozzarella and uh, and various toppings on it? <laughs> it's a... Uh... Oh, I get what you're saying. And then a, a door and a fence. Door and a fence. Yeah. Oh, you can't say it, but I'm, I'm not understanding what you're saying, though. You know, what do you call a door Pizza and a gate. fence? Pizzagate. Oh! <laughs> We were just having a word guessing game that had nothing to do with it. I'm so sorry if you get your channel canceled. I'm so sorry. All of you people over you on channel. YouTube, uh, <laughs> all of people over on YouTube, make sure that uh, you find the link for the D Live and the Twitch in, uh, in the description there, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Man, so they'll ban you for sneezing. But yeah, so I mean, there are people who are looking at this like, uh, okay, it's on now. And they're fundraising for um, gear so that they can go out there and fight with people. And that's why I'm stressing it to people 
I'm not telling you not to defend yourselves. If something comes to you, absolutely defend yourself, but don't travel somewhere looking for trouble because it's not going to go the way you think. And man, I bet if that kid could turn around and take everything back, he, he would in an instant. Well, we do have to move off of this topic. Sorry. And we have been going on on this for quite a while here. But one of the things that really instigated this, and I wanted to touch on this, was, uh, well, you know, since we're about to be thrown off YouTube anyway, that skinny bony cocksucker, Tony Ebers, that uh, governs my state right now, um, he released a statement right up at the beginning of this. And a lot of people are saying that this was the statement that started all of this. Um, I am going to read, I have WAOW out of Eagle River, Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin, as the statement here. I'm going to read a selection of this because it appears to be <clears throat> what started all of this. This is, I don't think the article that I wanted. No, okay, this is a later statement off of this. Um, we cannot forget the reason why these protests began and what we've seen play out over the last two nights and many, uh, yeah, this isn't the one I wanted. Uh, many nights this year is the pain, anguish, and exhaustion of being black in our state country. But as I said yesterday, and as I'll reiterate today, everyone should be able to exercise their fundamental rights, whether a protester or a member of the press, peacefully and safely. So this actually branches off of the statement that he had given the day before on Tuesday, saying that we don't know all of the facts of this case, but a lot of black people are shot and killed by the police, and this isn't the first time it's happened, was the statement that he put out that I really wanted to talk about off of this here. So before there were any facts in off of this, Evers was right up on the soapbox to condemn what the police officers did, knowing nothing and admitting right in the beginning that he knew nothing. Yeah, that's that's the new way, though, isn't it? Because you have the 24-hour news cycle mm -hmm. and you have exactly that amount of time to control your narrative. So you have to put it out there as quickly as you can because after that, facts don't matter. Once they, once they come out with their initial story, that's what people run with. And it doesn't matter that you find out that he had a knife and that... Um, I think the thing that I heard, I haven't confirmed this, I only heard it, was that they had been called out there for him. The initial story that was getting passed around is, oh, he was there to break up a fight between two women, and, and mm -hmm. he was this peacemaker. No, it turns out he was the reason the cops were there in the first place. He was violating a restraining order a, yeah. that was filed by a woman that he raped. But it doesn't, but it does, you know, I'm not saying that that for me facts don't matter like at, mm -hmm. at the end of the day facts don't matter I'm saying for the narrative purposes the facts don't matter what matters is you have that initial 24 hours to put your story out there and after that uh, you know it, it even if you retract it it's like page six retraction right so everything being so politicized it's like oh there's a video that looks a certain way so I better get out there and make my statement um, condemning this or the mobs will surround my house and burn me down well in the retraction thing that's the interesting part of this whole story because i mean if you watch progressive twitter like i have been they have no idea it's like they've never seen the video of the guy wrestling with the cops before it's like they never saw the video that happened before he walked around the car and they never saw the statement that he had a knife in his hand they haven't and it they haven't, and if you try to tell them, they'll think it's a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. 
because they'll say to themselves, well, why haven't I seen that on CNN? Why, why haven't I seen that on MSNBC? If that's what really happened, why haven't I seen that on the official sources? And, you know, those are controlled by certain political wings. So they're not going to see, see. It's a very carefully crafted, you know, uh, Alex Jones had it right on the money when he called it Infowars because it's an information war. You, you control the story. You control what all these people think about the story. And the facts don't, the facts of the case do not matter. And so, you know, even though in these events, the Kyle thing, the uh, Blake, is his last name Blake? I think Jacob Blake. Blake, yeah. Jacob Blake, Blake Jr. Jacob Blake. And the Blake thing, you don't really, you can't tell what happened from a 30-second video. That's an asinine thing to think. And if you think you can, you're an idiot. Um, so you don't know until the facts of the case come out. Mm-hmm. But you can't even say, I'd like to wait for the facts of the case to come out without being condemned as a racist. I've been condemned as a racist just for saying, I'd like to wait to see, you know, if I'm being manipulated by a press that's been definitely shown a willingness to manipulate people. So, you know, you have to go with your gut because the the sad fact of the matter is, is that we're in a propaganda war right now mm-hmm. and that there are people who don't want you to know the truth about what happened. They're more content to allow people to burn down our cities and destroy our communities. Uh, Businesses uh, who are, you know, a majority owned by black people get burned all along one street. And you have politicians calling this a fight for racial justice. And it's it's um, a ridiculous play. It's it's not real. It's pantomime. I don't I I don't know the appropriate theater word for it, but it's it's. we're in a propaganda war, so you have to be really careful about the information that you're given because um, from every angle, it is designed to make you feel a certain way or to think a certain way. And, you know, waiting <laughs> is such a hard thing to do. But if you wait just 24 hours after these things happen, more information comes out. So just give yourself that day of lag time mm-hmm. just to absorb you know, what's being thrown around out there. Just, you'll, you'll be much better off for it if you do. All right. If anybody wants to take my advice. <laughs> well, as of right now, um, Evers and Trump came together and got the National Guard. And Evers put out 250 National Guard troops uh, the second night, and it didn't do anything. Uh, he got together with Trump. And that was the worst part of this is Lemon came out. And I didn't even have time to get this up into the itinerary, but Lemon came out. And said, okay, well, we need to do something to quell this riot because it's helping Trump in the fucking polls. You talk, you're talking about Don Lemon yeah. on CNN. Yeah. Don Lemon, yeah. as we call him. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, which is crazy because up until that moment, sort of the Democrat left had not even acknowledged that riots were even happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was mostly peaceful protests. Yeah. You see that guy reporting the city is like burning down around him and he's like, it's a mostly peaceful protest out here. And you're like, the emperor has no clothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so up until Don, Lem- Don Lemon admitted it, they weren't even acknowledging that there, there were riots. And now the narrative is, no, no, it's white supremacist agitators. I've also heard Russian agitators um, who are going out there and doing things to make the BLM protesters look bad. Oh, and I'm like, man. You have to be on crack to believe that story. But 
what it is is what you're saying is that when when the information comes out later on down the line, they don't get it. They it, they never receive the story, the real story afterward. Right. They only receive the narrative. So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I think we're all in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, and I mean, after the riots have quelled, and they have mostly calmed down. I know my godmother was over there and praying down on the lake, which meant she had to go through the war zone to get there. Mm. But, I That's... mean, it's it's calm enough now that you can walk around down there at this point because the federal government and the state government came together, came to an agreement, and stopped it all, stopped all the property destruction. And then Trump started wheedling uh, Ted Wheeler about this as well, but we're going to get into that in just a sec. we got to talk to the live chat here because they're sitting over here talking Sorry, all back guys. and forth off of this. And we haven't even acknowledged them except for Nephilim and Harvey because they were in here in the beginning. And <laughs> they're having massive conversations over here and they deserve a little bit of attention off of this. That's my fault too because I'm ranting, you guys. So you can blame that on me. I'm sorry. Well, we've been at Kenosha for almost 70 minutes. There's so much that went along with this story here. Yeah, that's kind of the big one going on right now. Mm -hmm. And it's two stories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Harvey McLeod says, if I can't keep, learn to keep my head up, I'd be dead right now. Uh, Yader Het. I think that's Yader Hey from the Beauty and the Beta server over there. So if that is the truth, then welcome on in here. Of the 130 arrests, 100 of them were from outside Kenosha. And yeah. he's uh, around the area too, so he knows what's going on with this here. Harvey McLeod says, that's a clean burning riot, I tell you what. <laughs> uh, Nephilim says, it's contaminate. It's a good hill. Yeah. Nephilim Ninja says, contaminate potential jury's minds, which is possibly part of the reason that we're pushing so much of this through the news right now. Yep. Um, Nephilim pointed something out here that we didn't talk about in the news story, is that uh, Rittenhouse apparently was putting out a dumpster fire that the rioters were moving towards a gas station which is what started the entire conflict. I don't know if that's true or not. I have heard that talked about in various circles, so I know the narrative is out there. I cannot confirm or deny if that's true, but... I haven't heard that, but it would be sort of like the perfect imagery, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, poor kid's trying to put a dumpster fire out. <laughs> They're like, we're going to kill you. Apparently they just asked uh, Kayla McEnany if Trump was going to speak with Blake's family. Uh, yeah, he's going to be in Kenosha tomorrow. Ugh, wow. And I'm going to see if I can actually get some time off work and head down there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to or not, but I'd like to head down Kenosha there. Kenosha is not Portland, so I don't think it's going to be anything like when, you know, they had that Trump parade through Portland. Mm -hmm. But I will pray for Kenosha, <laughs> nevertheless. Uh, Boulder Vaughn is here. Welcome on uh, Boulder. Elephant Man is here. Told me to get a, get, uh, get a kitten, which you told me earlier on as well. Uh, Boulder's going to be a rooftop Korean. Uh, Harvey says Depend better be tried by... your own property. Just don't travel yeah. to another city looking for trouble. Or, as <laughs> Boulder Vaughn also mentioned, don't bring a skateboard to an AR fight. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you fuck around and you find out. What are you going to do? And they were talking about uh, what caliber he was using. And uh, somebody said 338, which I've never heard of. Uh, somebody said 556 or 223. Spartan 0000 Superior is in here with a free Kyle sticker over on DLive. Uh, Nephilim Ninja says, so J. Edgar went to the Trouble Kids High School. No, I actually did not go to high school in Kenosha. I didn't move there until after I was 18. 
And we only had one high school where I went, uh, grew up. So, uh, Boulder Vaughn says 30 people killed in the riot so far. Yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, Spartan says Kyle's actions were the result of uh, the state not stopping the riots. I'm going to call that I a fact check that. through. I agree with that. It, it, it is their position at this point. I know a lot of anarchists will get mad at me for saying that, but what are we not going to have a security force in Ancapistan? Get out of here. Uh, deject- yeah, I agree. They should have brought the hammer down on this a long time ago. Dejected Dumpling says he should have a state funeral with a 12-gun salute. Who should have a state funeral? Uh, I don't know, actually, because nobody died. Nobody. Oh, I mean, the rioters died. <laughs> you mean the guy, the guy with the skateboard? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's some tea. There's some tea being spilled about him too. That he has a lot of sexual battery charges against him and sexual assault charges against him, Mister Skateboard. Yeah, he does. So, but whatever, his current girlfriend is making like out like a bandit because of this situation. But mm-hmm. whatever. Dejected dumpling, you're kind of dark over there. That's that's some dark kind of stuff over there. Uh, COVID nineteen patient zero is here. Says, but if the police isn't protecting the community, who else will? Uh, Spartan says Kyle has a great team. Apparently, you were wrong about a situation, and what I'm not sure what we were talking about at the time when Alpha Man said that. Oh, I mean that's possible. I'm wrong about a lot of things, so accept that. Uh, Dejected said the defeated should relinquish the old Spartan Luffy of sodomization. It's uh, kind of dark. Uh, Harvey said the word that uh, we're not supposed to say over on YouTube. <laughs> you can't get Edgar in trouble for me being dumb. That wouldn't be fair. Uh, the Acromatic, that's a new name over here, says there's a difference between emotional and factual narratives. If someone seeks to create a social movement, they focus on the emotional narrative. Yes. Harvey says, I was called racist for, get this, reading the BLM mission statement. (laughs) I was called racist because my skin color looks like this. Yeah. That could be the new Jeff Foxworthy bit. You might be a racist if... Uh, the Acromatics uh, says reports on local arrest displayed depending on location, Minnesota versus New York versus Austin versus etc. The majority of protesters, rioters being arrested, happened to be white. The initial protests were BLM, but then those protests were joined by anti-state groups like Antifa, agitators, and opportunists. Or, and I'm sure uh, the president's favorite word, which is probably your favorite thing to come up out of his mouth, anarchists. Yeah, a lot of anarcho people get really pissed off about that, but it's like they're not using it to mean like Rothbardian anarchism. They mean the most pedestrian use of the word, and that's what everybody understands that to mean. So I don't get like a big yin about it. I'm like, that's the word, you know, like if if you wanted to, you know, the Rothbard stuff, that's like a market anarchism, which is kind of its own thing, in my opinion. I'm sure somebody will bitch at me about that. But. Yeah. Let me <laughs> see if I can find a picture of this letter here, because I cannot read it up on the OBS screen. Ted Wheeler. Letter. Somebody had, if I can comment on one of the chat comments. Go ahead. Um, someone would say that Kyle did what he, 
Kyle was there because the police didn't do their jobs and mm-hmm. that he who if, if the police aren't doing their jobs, who will? And I agree with you that if the police don't handle this, if the police aren't allowed to handle this and that these things aren't shut down, that it's going to be on the communities to defend themselves. And that's going to go badly and poorly. And it's going to be a bloodletting. And that's why I'm urging, you know, people not to travel to places with guns thinking that you're like going to defend businesses and stuff like that because that's that's just like a recipe for disaster and i my hope is that the police will be allowed to do their jobs if not uh it necessitates the uh national guard being allowed to do their jobs as well all right well we're going to jump back into topics here and uh pick up where we left off and I think we're going to have to actually skip a bunch of stuff off of this. I mean, there was no way that we were, I think going to get to everything that was going to be into this, but I mean, it was a if good we effort can here. Skip the RNC stuff because I want to touch on a couple doesn't... of the speakers. We're probably, okay. we're going to skip <laughs> a lot of what, just what happened with the RNC, just because of the fact of the matter, it was huge, but I do have a couple of speakers that I want to highlight from that one here. And a couple okay. of the uh, speeches that I, uploaded as videos up here to i don't think we're going to get to all four but i do want to get to two specifically off of this but where we left off here was trump was offering to send out the national guard for ted wheeler so let me get that up here portland mayor sends open letter to trump no thanks from marissa schultz over at fox news writes Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler refused President Trump's offer to send federal law enforcement to the city to control uh, to control downtown protests that have continued for more than 90 days. And I will read the letter here in just a sec, but the tweet came out of this. Uh, Trump tweets out, If the incompetent mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, doesn't get control of the city and stop the anarchists, agitators, rioters, and looters causing great danger to the innocent people, we will go in and take care of the let- uh, matters the way they should have been taken care of. A hundred days ago, and of course MSNBC had to jump in and fact check and say, "Oh no, it was only ninety-four days ago." I don't know <laughs> if they actually fact check that or not. Could fact check. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they actually fact check that or not, but uh, that sounds like something they would do. I don't watch MSNBC, so I have no idea. And Ted Wheeler turned around and sent a letter back that said. Actually, let me get this up on the screen so you guys can see it, and then I'll read it here. I just pulled up a uh, bigger print copy here because this print is so small up in the uh, OBS side. And I am going a little bit blind here. Dear President Trump, yet again, you said you offered to aid Portland by sending in federal law enforcement to our city. On behalf of the city of Portland, no thanks. We don't need your politics of division and demagoguery. Portlanders are on to you. We've already seen your reckless disregard for the human life in your bumbling response to the COVID pandemic. And we know that you've reached out or reached the conclusion that images of violence and vandalism are the only ticket to your reelection. There's no place for looting arson or vandalism in our city. There's no room here for racist violence or those who wish to bring their ideology of hate into our community. Those who commit criminal acts will be apprehended and prosecuted under the law. Tens of thousands of Portlanders have peacefully protested and marched for the noble cause of fixing our broken criminal justice system. They are part of the proud progressive tradition of Portlanders fighting for justice. From racial justice, to economic justice, to environmental justice. When you sent the feds to Portland last month, you made the situation far worse. You offered to repeat 
That disaster is a cyclical attempt to strike fear and distract from the real work of our city. In Portland, we are focused on coming together as a community to solve the serious challenges we face due to the systemic racism, a global pandemic, and an economic recession. Stay away, please. Signed, Ted Wheeler, Mayor of Portland. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Where to start? There is so much. Bullshit, Ted Wheeler. Bullshit. I call bullshit on you. First no. of all, you're not going to prosecute After criminals. eight years of Obama Hold and on, Biden slow growth. Autoplay going here. <laughs> you're not going to. I was getting going, too. <laughs> He's not going to prosecute criminals. Uh, there have been. I don't know how many arrests of people who have been caught rioting and doing all sorts of crime in Portland, and they don't have charges brought against them. They're just released back into the wild, so bullshit. Um, secondly, appeasement is feeding the crocodile in hopes that he will eat you last, Winston Churchill. And um, as I understand it, they showed up at his house, too, and were protesting at his house, too. So he was telling... Basically saying, I'm on your side, guys. Don't show up at my house and protest. And it didn't work for him. They're, they're going to eat you too, man. He was like, down at the federal building along with them saying, hey, no, get the federal troops out of here. Yeah. Um, he's and then he got tear gassed by the feds. He, he wants to continue to be mayor of Portland. And he thinks that those are the registered voters of Portland. <laughs> and you know there might be a lot of um left-leaning voters but i don't know that people who go around and light fires and bust out windows are the same people who vote now it's just an assumption on my part but i just don't think that they're the same types of people so um you know that that's going to shake out in the wash i think people who live there who own property there are going to be like hmm i'm tired of uh you know my life's work being burnt down for political points for ted wheeler and that'll be a fun day. I'm looking forward to him being ousted by his voters. Because, you know, who who who's a property owner in Portland who want, mm -hmm. wants this? These people are afraid. They're painting lamb's blood over their door in hopes that the ghost of death will pass them over. And it's not working. You that, know? That is actually a really good analogy, too, to go along with all of this. They put they put the black I, they put Black Lives Matter you know signs over their businesses they put in their window they say racism has no place here mm -hmm. and they still get burned and they still get looted and they still get busted down um, they think that painting this symbol over their door will will mean that this passes them over and they're it's it's yeah I saw a lot of that down in the yuppie part of Kenosha when I was down there the other day I yeah. saw a lot of that. Like they they moved outside of the the uh, capital or the courthouse area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the the Capitol Hill zone. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of. It's like their little hippie area, anyway. But I mean, they never got down. There's a sort of a yuppie stretch down along the lakefront in uh, mm -hmm. the area, and none of the riots and protests moved down there. But they were all boarding up windows and everything out there too. And yeah, I just saw that all over the place. BLM, rainbow, hatred has no place here. All over the place. And I think that there are a lot of people who will raise their fist in public, but mm -hmm. then who will turn around and vote for Trump on the backside because they're 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 doing that so that they don't get burned. They don't get bloodied. They don't get beaten. That is that is, uh, you know, I, I'm a coward. If there were a, a mobbing crowd screaming at me, I would raise my fist. I would be terrified. That lady that they were doing that to. I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw the video of that or not. 
but yeah. they had some woman cornered in a like an outdoor cafe yeah and they were demanding that she raise her fist and god bless her she had the courage to tell them no but i would have been terrified in that moment you know and, what the best uh, part of that one was what she was an avid progressive supporter of black lives yeah. matter but she she had the the sense of self not to do something that the mob demanded of her Mm-hmm. And I have so much admiration for her because I don't know that I would not, just in the interest of saving my own skin, I wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are going to um, raise their fist in public and then they're going to turn around and vote for Trump on the backside because they don't, they're tired of seeing their communities being burnt down. This isn't about racial justice. Watching somebody bash in the windows of a black woman's apartment, like, why, what the F are you doing? And then he looks her dead in the eye and he breaks one more piece of the window before he walks away. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with racial justice. And I think that people see that, you know, that the multiracial community of this country is not divided the way that these people are. We're not at war the way that the radicals want to p- pretend that we are. And I think that, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in, in a, in a Trump victory, frankly. Yeah. And on top of that, that happened on Friday. Over the rest of the weekend, we had more stuff happen in Portland. And uh, now Ted Wheeler has kind of changed his mind a little bit about what's going on here. So I want to talk about a bit about this here. I'm going to read from CNN. Portland protest (laughs) shooting death. Here's what we know, which is what they want us to know. And we'll talk a bit about uh, some of the holes in all of this. What happened in Portland on Saturday. Protests were taking place, as they have for more than 90 consecutive nights, against racial injustice and uh, police brutality. The protests started with the killing of George Floyd in May and were fueled again by last weekend's shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. A Trump 2020 cruise rally in Portland started earlier in nearby Clackamas, Oregon, where a large group of Trump supporters and cars gathered, CNN affiliate KOIN reported. Video footage from KOIN showed pickups with American flags, thin blue line flags, and Trump 2020 flags prominently displayed in the vehicles. After the rally, a line of cars, motorcycles, and trucks made its way along the Trump 2020 cruise rally route, which appeared to include the downtown Portland area, according to an image on a Facebook advertisement of the event. Portland police were made aware of the rally and tried to keep the caravan out of the downtown area, Police Chief Chuck Lavelle said at a news conference on Sunday. But a group of vehicles were able to come into the downtown core. So these people were uh, going down, driving around into the area. They were shooting off paintballs at the protesters. Non-lethal, of course. Uh, Some of them had some bear mace. I mean, they were up there protecting themselves. And uh, as a green pickup truck passes, someone riding in the bed can be seen spraying something toward protesters. Uh, Passengers in the green truck duck as the other protesters saw something at them. I saw that. It looked to be like pepper spray or mace or something like that, like a big orange cloud. So I've seen c- cops use stuff like that as like crowd dispersal. So in this parade, and uh, I think they got themselves a little bit confused in this article because they're coming out and uh, uh, they said Danielson was uh, wearing the hat with the insignia of Patriot Prayer, but they hadn't mentioned anything about him previously in the article. Um, but a man uh, in the parade... Somebody shot, and uh, the man was shot and killed while he was on the parade. This is from a member of Patriot Prayer, who is labeled by CNN as a far-right group that has clashed with protesters in the past, according to New York Times reporter Mark, uh, Mark Baker. 
Guys over on Twitch and DLive, we are back up at this point. I am getting the YouTube back up. There will be a new link up in the Discord because that will automatically connect off of this. But yeah, uh, looks like I had a short blink in the connection. We are back up and we are back running. So go ahead and check that out. I do have the new link up here. That's up in the Discord. So uh, go ahead and uh, connect back up with us if you can over here. But uh, yeah, you were just talking about when I noticed this up here. What was I saying? Remind me what I was talking about. Uh, we were talking about the fact I pretty much just said that the guy had been uh, shot in the parade and you had started talking about what was going on with that. Oh, yeah. Um, I was I was talking about the fact that like I belong to a few um, like hard left groups, like tanky groups. I kind of just like lurk in there to see what they're talking about. And um, as far as I can tell, this is something that's being celebrated. People feel like this is the opening shots of the war that they want. They're they're fundraising to, uh, you know, this is something I've heard from Tim Pool. I didn't see it personally, but um, I think that he is a fairly balanced source on. Um, he at least tries to fact check the things that he says, and he says that um, people are having fundraising accounts for things like Kevlar and helmet helmets mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I have seen personally people who are, are of that political persuasion. You can call it a politic. Uh, they are gearing up. They think that this is the the big overthrow that they've always wanted. The big revolution that they've always wanted is at hand. And um, anybody who... Oh, that's the point I was making. I remember now what I was saying. Okay, so news stories, they like to call anybody who fights with protesters right-wing, conservative, white supremacist. Um, but... There are so many different types of people who oppose this protesting, who oppose this sort of like Antifa ideology that um, really they're at war with anybody who opposes them. And that doesn't necessarily mean right wingers. Anybody who opposes them will be labeled that way, as we've seen the media do. But that doesn't mean that it's like pretty much all the like regular Joe people in this country. I haven't talked to anybody in the wild who is like, yeah, I really appreciate what these Antifa people are doing. Nobody feels that way. There's nobody that I've talked to. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people who are, like, apolitical. They're not involved in this stuff the way that you and I are. Right. Like, all the people that we listen to and talk to on a daily basis who are, like, obsessed with this stuff. They're not like that. And the regular people, they don't think any of this is good. So there are plenty of people who are going to, yeah, if, if I need to raise that fist in public so that you don't beat the hell out of me and burn my house down, I'll do that. But... On the backside, they don't want this to continue. They don't support this. This isn't a representation of anybody but a, this radical political ideology. And I think that, um, you know, like I said before, people that break windows, they don't um, vote. <laughs> right. This is my contention. Like in the middle of all the, the 60 to 100 nights of rioting they've had in Portland, how many of those people you think like made it down to the... Um, the tag office to get registered mm -hmm. like i don't think so <laughs> and i mean there are a lot of people out here that think that this i mean this is supposed to be some great retribution for the noble protesters that kyle rittenhouse killed yeah that's how they feel they feel that this is you took one of ours we're gonna take one of yours and a lot of these people think that uh this uh hoover guy that got his arm blown off as a saint. I've seen that fundraiser going. I mean, that's local for me, too, because that guy was from uh, the western part of the county. He's a lucky fool is what mm -hmm. he is. He is lucky that he didn't get his 
brain pan opened up <laughs> and that Kyle chose to disable his arm with extraordinary trigger discipline instead of to, to ventilate his skull, which could have happened and might have happened if you had a less disciplined person um, in, in that situation. Like, I, I'm just amazed the 17-year-old kid was able to show that level of discipline, frankly. I mean, I'm 37 years old, and I definitely don't think I would have been holding my cool in, 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 that, in the heat of a situation like that. So that guy should, that guy should thank Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. I know I said that already, but like, let me reiterate. Thank you, Kyle, for <laughs> not blowing his brains out of the back of his skull. Well, since this is still a developing story here, we don't have a lot of the facts about this one going down as we go. We're going to treat this, and I'm going to catch up with uh, Elaine on this next week. We're going to keep moving along here because we are at... Where are we at on this so far? Even with the interruption, we're at uh, the 134 mark here. Try to keep it under two. <laughs> Doesn't always work, especially, I mean, you and I can talk. We've done it. You have done my first three-hour stream. You were my <laughs> first one to do it to crack the three-hour mark. I'm a loquacious person. If you give me a thing to talk about, I will talk. <laughs> but we are going to uh, keep moving along here, and we're going to talk just a bit about the RNC. Now, with everything going on, I will plead ignorance to the RNC because I had a lot bigger things going on on my mind. And I did talk just a little bit about that as uh, as I was going through and doing contemporary. Looks like we had a brief husband docs over there in the background. Is that an army crawl that I see going on over there? I'm just trying to do a handoff, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Look. Just, I'm, just, I'm blocking the door, Evan. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the duct tape. Sorry about that. Oh, we've, we've had uh, some stuff Close like that door. before. Anyway, um, so the RNC, I didn't see a lot of the stuff that went along with this. Apologies. Um, I didn't see, I didn't see the Trump speech, obviously. I just watched a little bit of that today, and I haven't seen the full speech off of this here. But I've, I've seen bits and pieces. But, I mean, like, if you've seen any other Trump speech, you've kind of seen yeah. the speech. Well, I mean, and one of the difficult things to keep up with this was, for the most part, other than Biden's acceptance speech, which was 25 minutes, that I picked apart point by point. I mean, the Trump speech was over an hour. He held it together for 25 whole minutes? Yeah, did you see That's my breakdown a... of that over on? No, uh... I, I haven't. No, I, I actually got sick, so I haven't seen anybody's new stuff. So yeah. I have like a, t a stack of videos to go through. Yeah, but I did. I did. I'm amazed that he made it through 25 whole minutes. Yeah, yeah, wow. I did a, a point by point breakdown on Ed Talk. It took me almost two and a half hours to do that Ed Talk because it took me an hour and a half to do the speech, and then I gave everybody an hour of question and answer. Because it's what wow. I usually, that's my Saturday thing is Q&A usually. But I did a, yeah, 90-minute breakdown of the uh, Biden speech, point by point. We sat back and listened to it. Yeah, I mean, Trump definitely, first of all, loves to be in front of a microphone. Mm -hmm. uh, we might have that in common. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they probably have to, like, give him flashing lights to get him off. <laughs> and he seems like he goes off script a lot. But uh, Joe goes very purposefully and is definitely probably reading from a cue card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that there's a, a pretty big difference in like competency 
but my personal opinion. Well, one of the things that actually really contrasted the RNC to the DNC, first of all, I know they tried to sell the narrative of the DNC beat the RNC by numbers, and every number that I've seen, every rating number that I've seen, just blows that narrative completely out of the water. The RNC blew the DNC out of the water every night that it was up and on. Even with Kenosha burning down, the RNC blew the DNC out of the water. Also, I mean, they couldn't have wished for better PR Mm -hmm. than for the left to have the irrational reaction to them at that gathering that they did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even, it's like, that's half the convention right there. I think that sways more people, the the after party, you know, swayed more people than anything that might have happened during the convention because I'm disinterested i didn't tune into any of that i almost i purposefully ignored both conventions so i couldn't offer a lot on you know the quality of the convention or the quality of the speeches but i will tell you that um the reaction that the left had to the rnc as people were trying to leave to get back to their cars and back to their hotel rooms that definitely caught my attention yeah i got some video of that here um that's up on the stack for in just a little bit Okay. All but right. Sorry. I know things, I skip ahead. One of the things that I wanted to talk about with that was, I mean, the difference of speakers that was in. Now, there was huge criticism of the fact that half of the speakers at the RNC had the same last name. Guess what <laughs> last name that was? Um, you're talking about the RNC? Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a lot of a lot of Trump people there. Ivanka and... Tiffany made a rare appearance and gave a speech. Who did? Tiffany. The daughter that nobody's heard about. Oh, you never hear from Tiffany. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, she got up there. She gave a speech. Ivanka gave a speech. Uh, Melania gave a speech. And then Bette Midler riddled her for her accent over it. I torched Bette Midler for that. (laughs) Because where all of a sudden is it okay to make fun of an American for having a heavy accent? People with heavy accents built this country. My grandfather said had such a heavy Irish accent, you wouldn't have understood him. That's how, he, and he couldn't read either. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He he raised six children and uh, fought in a war for this country. So screw you, Bette Midler. Sorry. Not that she's watching, but if she does. <laughs> but uh, the RNC actually did bring up some of the everymen. Some of the actual people that were out that were being affected by the political climate that were out here. And I I actually cut up and got four speeches from the RNC to watch on video. We're gonna do two of them just because of the fact that these were these were the you and me's, the people that are famous now because of the fact that politics hit them at home. And the first one that I want to talk about is the McCloskeys gave a speech. And the I thought that was Yeah, the, the uh, from the gated community that had the, the guns. Yeah. Yeah. They gave a speech, and I thought that was really, really interesting to juxtapose against Rittenhouse because of everything that happened with him and the fact that he is getting crucified for defending himself. And they also, uh, they have charges pending over the fact that they defended themselves. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, two minutes here, so let's uh, see what they have to say in two minutes. They had about a six-minute speech, but I cut it down to two. America. We are Mark and Patty McCloskey. We're speaking to you tonight from St. Louis, Missouri, where just weeks ago you may have seen us defending our home as a mob of protesters descended on our neighborhood. 
America is such a great country that not only do you have the right to own a gun and use it to defend yourself, but thousands of Americans will offer you free advice on how to use it. At least that's what we experienced. Because she has terrible t uh, trigger discipline. <laughs> what you saw happen to us could just as easily happen to any of you who are watching from quiet neighborhoods around our country. And that's what we want to speak to you about tonight. That's exactly right. Whether it's the defunding of police, ending cash bail so criminals can be released back out on the streets the same day to riot again, or encouraging anarchy and chaos on our streets. It seems as if the Democrats no longer view the government's job as protecting honest citizens from criminals, but rather protecting criminals from honest citizens. Not a single person in the out-of-control mob you saw at our house was charged with a crime. But you know who was? We were. They've actually charged us with felonies for daring to defend our home. On top of that, consider this. The Marxist liberal activist leading the mob to our neighborhood stood outside our home with a bullhorn screaming, you can't stop the revolution. Just weeks later, that same Marxist activist won the Democrat nomination to hold a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. In the city of St. Louis, that's the same as winning the general election. That Marxist revolutionary is now going to be the congresswoman from the first district of Missouri. Wow. Yeah. And I knew that too. I knew that that, that happened with that. But yeah, that's uh, absolutely going on along with that. And uh, um, yeah, juxtapose those two against Kyle Rittenhouse and the fact that, yes, they're being charged with a felony for the fact that they defended themselves. When I was 21, I worked as a telemarketer. Mm -hmm. and got told to jump off a building multiple times. But um, one guy, who was an older man, told me, young lady, I need you to understand that there are things happening in this country um, that, you know, basically he was trying to warn me that I needed to know about some things. And he recommended a book to me called mm -hmm. None Dare Call It Treason. And I was 21 at the time. I bought the book and I never read it. I didn't read it until I was 36 last year. And the book was all about how um, communists actively work to infiltrate political positions in our government mm -hmm. and in our government and in our universities. And I read this book with kind of a smirk, like, oh, this is one of those, uh, you know, not, uh, what was that book, uh, William Cooper book, Behold a Pale Horse. I'm like, oh, this is one of those conspiracy theory things, you know? Okay. But, a year has passed since then, and I have actively seen the results of people who are confessed communists and Marxists attaining positions within our universities, positions mm -hmm. within our governments, and the wool has fallen from my eyes. And what I would have laughed at a year ago as a conspiracy theorist, I now almost daily find myself going, wow, John Stormer was right who's the man who wrote that book, None Dare Call It Treason. And I'm astonished um, that people in America would elect, you know, socialists and communists to these positions, but they, they are doing it. And that's a disturbing turn for our country because communism yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> and it no. often kills a lot of people. My, um, my future wife is uh, in among those people. Your future wife? Yes. 
Which, who's your future wife? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, <laughs> wow. You're shooting for the stars, aren't you, pal? <laughs> um, now she's cute as a button, you know. Um, seems like she could cook, maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know about those politics, though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Mm, uh, horse teeth. I would, no, she's cute. Come on. (laughs) There's that video with her dancing and she's being all fun. And if you didn't know anything about her politics, you would think that she was cute. Um, At least I would anyway. Uh, But, you know, that this is not, um, the communists never intended to fight a war with America. They believed and wrote that America would be infiltrated through their youth. They weren't after you. They were after your kids. Mm -hmm. And that America would fall into their hands like a ripe piece of fruit. And this is a sentiment that, because I actually read communist literature. I know a lot of people who are anti-communist won't read their literature. But in order to understand your enemy, you should understand what they're saying. And this sentiment is echoed across many communist writers which is that America, we're not ever going to fight a war with America. America needs to take, be taken from within by its own youth, by mm-hmm. its own children, and then fall into our hands like a ripe piece of fruit. And when I hear things like a person with a bullhorn who screams at people on their own property that you can't stop the revolution as now a congressperson, I mean, that's alarming. That, that should alarm other people. And... Um, I don't yeah, know. just like that video that I showed after the uh, 12-hour stream. You were there at the end of the 12-hour stream, right? And the hangout afterwards. I was on the first one. I I, I didn't make it back to the second one because oh. I ended up getting tanked in a longhorn with my husband. So. <laughs> I will. Uh, I got a video off of my uh, Clips channel that I used okay. to load the videos into there of why they were riding in Madison. And that's another bullhorn thing. And it's yeah. funny as hell, too. So it, it'll be worth it to watch. I'll, after we're off camera, I'll show you that one. There are a lot of people who, you know, they hear people decry communism and socialism and the types of um, ways that these are organized movements. Mm-hmm. But it's not a silly thing. And it's I'm, 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 you know, I'm not a big fan of McCarthyism or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to reenact the Red Scare. Right. But what I'm telling you is that these people are self-confessed, professed communists, professed Marxists. And their intention is to destroy this country and while I might not be a fan of the government, and I think that the government needs m- massive reduction, I will be damned if I live under a communist government. So, you know, take that shit seriously. Don't don't laugh at it. It's not a joke. Yeah, I know, and I understand, and I see it all going along. I mean, I worked in Madison forever, so I never lived there, thank God, but I worked around there, and I saw all the stuff that was going on down State Street and everything. And I was seeing it around Kenosha, too. I see the uh, the redistributionist ideas that go along with them. Oh, and I don't mean don't don't laugh at it is to never have any gallows humor about the shit that's going on, because that is the only way to stay sane. I'm saying um, don't think that it's... I'm advising maybe the audience to not think that this is just silly kids. Mm-hmm that these are organized ideologies and not just uh, people think, oh, these kids, they don't have jobs. And once mom and dad's money runs out, they're going home. No, they're not. They're organized, they're funded, and they have an ideology. And they might be kids, but, you know, that's who they can get to, to put their bodies in, in the line for these ideologies. That's who they pull into their cults. 
So, you know, just just be aware that this has been something that's been like growing in our society for a long, long time. And it's not just some silly kids that are going to go away when their money runs out, when their parents' money runs out, so to speak. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of kids being drug uh, drug in for their IR to forward an ideology, that was the other one that I wanted to highlight from the RNC this week. Here is that they gave a speech to Nick Sandman, and now I actually want to give a quick shout out to Matt Walsh over on the Daily Wire, who had his producers clip this up for me, so I didn't have to go find the highlights. They were all conveniently done for me. I just had to clip uh, the bearded man out from the beginning and end of this. Well, how nice. And uh. Let's see what Nick Salmon had to say at the RNC, and then we will move on and talk to what happened outside the RNC, which is even better, I think. My name is Nick Sandman, and I'm the teenager who was defamed by the media after an encounter with a group of protesters on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial last year. Before I begin, I'd like to thank President Trump for the opportunity to share some of my story and why it matters so much to this November's election. In 2019, I attended the March for Life in Washington, D.C., where I demonstrated in defense of the unborn. Later that day, I bought a Make America Great Again hat because our president, Donald Trump, has distinguished himself as one of the most pro-life presidents in the history of our country, and I wanted to express my support for him, too. Looking back now, how could I possibly imagine that the simple act of putting on that red hat would unleash hate from the left and make myself the target of network and cable news networks nationwide. Being from Kentucky, the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln, my classmates and I visited the Lincoln Memorial. I found myself face to face with Nathan Phillips and other professional protesters looking to turn me into the latest poster child showing why Trump is bad. While the media portrayed me as an aggressor with a relentless smirk on my face. In reality, the video confirms I was standing with my hands behind my back and an awkward smile on my face that hid two thoughts. One, don't do anything that might further agitate the man banging a drum in my face. And two, I was trying to follow a family friend's advice, never to do anything to embarrass your family, your school, or your community. Before I knew what was happening, it was over. One of Mr. Phillips' fellow agitators yelled out, We got him. It's all right here on video. And we won, Grandpa. All right, so that was the speech that went along with that. Uh, what did you think about that one? What they did to that kid was monstrous. Um, first of all, that only happened last year because that feels like 10 years ago that mm -hmm. that so much stuff has happened since then. Um, what they did to that kid was monstrous. Uh, I, I, you know, for the for the damage that was done to him, uh, he was right to get a monetary settlement, I think, and and that was a also a lesson to the the media outlets that decided to do that. That that can be expensive. You know, you have to pay an expensive price if you do this kind of thing. Um, I, I, I don't feel comfortable using kids as, you know, political posters either. Right. So, you know, I was a little uncomfortable with the idea, but I understand that he, he is representative of what the media is doing. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not like he's a small child either, 17. He's almost an adult. He's 18 now. Oh, he's 18 now. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's right there on the edge, you know? Right. Well, and that's that's a part of the reason I think that they brought him up to do that as well. And that's why I used those specific clips out of the four that I had uh, chosen for the when podcast. When that and- happened, mm-hmm. I was still on the left. And I was horrified. I remember being horrified mm-hmm. at that guy just smirking at that poor old Native American mm-hmm. and the way that that was portrayed to me. And um, then realizing what had actually happened in the story and the way that the media had framed that in order to manipulate me was just kind of like another nail in the coffin. And I think that that event, I mean, I can't be alone in that. There's, It's impossible that I'm alone in that. And I think that it had to be a pivotal moment for a lot of people. Right. So, what, I mean, like, it's it's a lot of people will tell you who walked away from the left, it wasn't any one thing. It was a series of things. But that was one of the big bricks of why I think, like, there is a huge exit from the Democratic Party. And, and tons and tons of people who were died in the wool Bernie Sanders supporters in 2016, like myself, um, walked away. Now, I didn't become uh, a Republican. That doesn't necessarily mean that you became a Republican, but you, a lot of people have walked away from the Democrats. Yeah. And I think about they're about to get their asses handed to them in a way that they aren't ready for. So that's uh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the monitor there and I saw your lips <laughs> moving over there and realized that the monitor from uh, Restream is on a slight delay off of this. I thought you were still talking. I'd lost your audio again. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm often just talking. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I wanted to highlight those two specifically because, like I said, those are the everymen. Mm-hmm. These are people who just wanted to go off and live their lives. Um, I mean, the McCloskeys were Democrats before all of this happened. And because of the political circumstance and everything else that goes along around with all of this, they, they're they they're changing and they're turning. And these are people that were made famous by the fact that the left wanted them to be destroyed. That's right. And, you know, the fact that the way that they lied about that kid was so egregious that even being a person who considered themselves on the left, I was appalled by it. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so I have experience with black Israelite groups because we have a ton of them around here. And I know exactly how awful those people are. And when I found out, oh, you know, these guys were screaming the thing. I don't know if you've ever watched a video of some black Israelite protests, but they're awful. The things that they say are heinous. And for that young group of kids to decide to chant a school song and to make light of the situation, they were, you know, they were being as as, as peaceful and non-confrontational as possible. And they used the racial um, division in this country uh, to say, this this Native American, this innocent Native American man was just beating his his spiritual drum and this horrible little Trump supporter came up and smirked at him. Like, I don't know if you saw the assault smirk memes that came <laughs> out did. after that, but like, it was like, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And it's insane to to ruin the life of a child just because you hate who became who rightfully became president and yeah i mean he's a he's a huge part of why a lot of people walked away from the democrats so it's pretty smart to have him up there i might have i don't know had tara reed come up there and talk 
<laughs> you really wanted to uh, drive the wedge home in the fact that the Democrats are complete hypocrites. I might have had um, Joe Biden's accuser come up there and talk too. frankly. I, uh, I got to interrupt for just a second before we get oh, on yeah. and talk about what happened outside the RNC and give a little bit of a thank you out of live chat here because I see over on the monitor, I can't see it on the restream chat, but I see it over on the monitor that uh, Jopper9 just dropped in here over on DLive and dropped a bunch of diamonds. So uh, thanks for that support. That uh, helps out a lot over here. So thank you. Thank you very much. That was very generous of you. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Especially on DLive. <laughs> so... We went along, we saw the RNC, and there was a lot of anger that went along with the fact that uh, Trump was having his speech from the Rose Garden, of all places. How horrible could that be, the Rose Garden? He's violating the Hatch Act, don't you know? Why shouldn't he have it there? They want you to, they, they demanded that he live there. He, he wanted to live at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. And he probably would have had the speech there if, if he could have lived where he wanted to live, but he lives at the White House. So mm -hmm. why not? Absolutely. Obama had a $50,000 golf simulator installed in the White House. You know, like, they make it their home. So why shouldn't he be allowed to throw a party? Well, apparently because of the uh, uh, ancient 18th century law that's never been prosecuted before, uh, political figures cannot use uh, the White House or any other federal building for any sort of uh, political campaigning or anything like that. I don't, I'm not completely oh, familiar with the Hatch Act, but it doesn't apply to presidents. Okay. Like, like no other president has ever used the White House for fundraising or mm -hmm. political campaigning. Wasn't there a bunch of shit about the Lincoln selling nights in the Lincoln bedroom and raising money that way? Like, come on, get off, get off my my jaunt my never mind well and <laughs> you know what i was gonna say i'm I not do. gonna say it <laughs> and the, the other side it. of it of course is the fact that uh i mean they had a crowd out there that trump was actually giving a speech to people which yeah. is good because he's an extrovert and he plays off of that he he can stand the teleprompter he can get the cheers he can get that hour-long speech and teleprompter trump is not bad trump i will give him that I have some problems yeah. with some of the things that he's done, but teleprompter Trump is actually pretty good Trump. I think he goes off teleprompter a lot, too. Yeah, as I long as he, he doesn't go off it and say stupid shit, which he does. Which he does, you know. But I think that the people appreciate him for that. And then furthermore, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's stroke of genius on his part or just a happy accident mm -hmm. that they had the reaction uh, there uh, that they did from, from people. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean it, I've got the picture of that, and then we've got the video with Rand Paul that went along with this. But yeah, they were going; they were outside the Rose Garden. Stroke of genius on his part. I mean, I know I don't want to give too much credit to those Q people, but sometimes it really seems like there is some like true live genius backing up some of these moves. So what you're seeing on the screen right now is uh, they had an effigy of a life-size Trump doll sitting outside a guillotine. I believe, no, that was in Portland where they had uh, hung the American flag from another guillotine and burned it up. But You I idiots. Mean, this. I you, wonder you how many morons. of these people, I wonder how many of these people are going to get a visit from the Secret Service at this point. You know what? Also, every, every, every bastard that rolled out that machine mm -hmm. ended up beneath it. 
these people rolling out these guillotines and, and posting all these images of guillotines, you need to know, like, what, like, why would it, it 55 innocent French people ended up dying beneath the guillotine because they didn't look enthusiastic enough about the revolution. You want to roll that thing out, you're going to end up beneath it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Guaranteed. Ask Robespierre. He can't tell you because he doesn't have a head. <laughs> well, and I mean, we saw a lot of this as well. The people were standing outside the rose garden. They were trying to shout and drown out the sound of Trump's speech, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure that there's good acoustics and... Anti-fascist, right? Yeah. And the best of sound equipment in there. So I don't know how effective any of that would have been. But yeah, they were trying to do that outside the rose garden, scream and shout and do all kinds of things. I mean, there's video. I don't have that video up here, but they were standing up in the middle of the road, giving the bird to an old, uh, an elderly couple that was leaving the RNC. I saw that. In the that face, was a like, four foot tall old lady mm-hmm. in pink. And this guy's like, F you old woman. And I'm like, Oh, that's going to play off well for PR for your side. And Rand, our boy Rand got in the middle of this one here. So I've got video of I will that. raise a fist for Rand. Is Rand not a boss? Yeah, I Is mean, he... even to steady the officer that's out there to protect him. Let's see what happened there. Let's get this up here. And there he is, just helping the guy up after he gets pushed down. Total boss. That's the man that wrote the justice for Breonna Taylor. I know. Isn't that insane? The fact that they're trying to, I mean, to them, he's just generic guy with an R next to his name. So he must be a racist. Yeah. He's actually trying to end qualified immunity. You absolute spoon of a human being. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Oh my God. And first of all, okay. Rand Paul getting violently attacked is the heart of my walk away story because Rand Paul, despite being a Republican, was always somebody who I thought was at least a reasonable person and made reasonable arguments and and seemed like he really cared about the people of this country. Mm -hmm. When he was attacked and people celebrated that when his neighbor attacked him, I was done with 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 the DNC, with the left, with all of those people. I'm like, I'm not going to be part of the party of political violence. Right. And uh, it's it should be noted that Rand was attacked from behind by this absolute coward of a human being. He was attacked from behind as subdued his attacker, even though he was attacked from behind. That's how much of a boss that dude is. And then had to have surgery on his lungs and still showed up to do his job recovering from his surgery. He is a boss. Yeah. Okay. He is the man. You know, and this is coming from somebody who basically does not like politicians. He still deserves a lot of credit. And then for him to 
not only has he got his wife there, who right. I'm sure was scared to death. I can imagine how terrified I would have been in that situation. Not She probably in heels, too. Mm-hmm. Like, how screwed up is it to be in, like, a mob violent situation you're wearing heels? That's not something you're concerned about, but it's something I would be concerned about. And then, you know, this cop falls down and he's still trying to steady this man on this side with this crowd raging all around him who wants to get at him because they don't understand that he's actually trying to forward their cause in government. Mm-hmm. Like, what a bunch of morons. And and like I said, what a stroke of genius on Trump's part to have that there that, and, and these people to show up and behave the way that they did. He doesn't have to make commercials. He doesn't have to make ads. Right. They make ads for him because people like me look at that and are like, you know what? I, I'm not turning the country over to these people. And, you know, your regular man on the street, your regular apolitical person looks at you flipping off a four foot tall, 90 year old woman and thinks there's no way in hell I support you. So go great job, guys. You gave Trump free press. Congratulations. Great job. With uh, everything else that happened this, all the time that we spent over talking about uh, Kenosha, I think that's going to be a show at this point, too. I didn't even get a chance to talk about what happened with Breonna Taylor, and I've been very interested in the release that came out with that. And it turns out that she wasn't near as innocent as everybody thinks that she is at this point, so... I haven't I haven't looked into any of that, so I don't know. Yeah, there's a 90-page uh, report that came out that says uh, she was actually possibly in on this and maybe wasn't sleeping at the time, and it wasn't a no-knock warrant either. So there's a lot of stuff that's developing with that as well. What? I haven't even had a chance to look into this and read it. I've heard bits and pieces from other creators, but yeah. Yeah, this is something I definitely have to look into because... Yeah. I mean, once again, you're you're given a narrative and it's not until later that the truth comes out. So I, I don't even know what to think anymore. I know that I, I can't believe stories when I hear them. I know that. Well, as of this point here, I want to tell everybody, I'm going to read a little bit of the live chat here before we uh, head on out of here. But all you guys over on DLive, get those stickers up. I want to see all of your stickers tonight here. And we will pop the chest as soon as I get down to the bottom of this. So, uh, looks like uh, Boulder Vaughn's saying it's true. There's video talking about uh, the kid putting out the fire okay. over in the dumpster. This is how The bad. dumpster fire. Yeah. Nephilim Ninja says his favorite part was when you yelled out the, uh, the band P word. <laughs> uh, Harvey says, please tell me that was Ray Show. She was talking about uh, the Ted Wheeler letter. Wait, what? I didn't hear that. When we were talking about the Ted Wheeler letter, because I read that off of uh, Twitter... Uh, Harvey says, please tell me that was ratioed. I don't believe it was, unfortunately. Oh, no, it should be. And then, yes, uh, we were talking about, uh, they were saying somebody said the no-no word when uh, Spectrum cut me off for a half a second there. Yeah, that's what happens there. (laughs) Spectrum just blinks for a half a second, and it's enough to knock the stream off the uh, air. Most of the time it doesn't knock it off, but uh, it is enough to knock the the stream off every once in a while. So that's that's what happened. They were giving us a little warning. Maybe, yeah, maybe it is uh, Wojcicki uh, telling Spectrum to, hey, just just let him know. <laughs> Nephilim says retardation is on the Spectrum as well. Yeah. Uh, he also says that you look 27, not 37. Oh, well, thank you. The Chill Anarchist joined us, and he says he doesn't watch TV. And he gave me a hard, how dare you, when I said I would redistribute my wealth all over uh, uh, AOC. <laughs> His wealth. <laughs> 
Uh, watching trains go by is in here. That's a new name. I haven't seen that one in here before. So thanks uh, for coming in and uh, checking us out over here. Uh, he's got a lot of interesting thing to say. I forgot which one, but it was the first corn in America was uh, published by one of the founding fathers with a preface that we all needed to read it and understand where their hatred came from. Uh, they have GoFundMe with over a million dollars waiting for people to be bailed out. They haven't been arrested yet. So looks like that. We had Jaffer9 come in and drop a bunch of diamonds. So thanks for checking us out over there, Jaffer9, and uh, checking all of us out there. She's got the, the cock suction sticker from the Already Conservatives uh, podcast. I love that, by the way. Um, watching trains go by, reference the speech from Israel uh, by Pompeo. Po yeah, Pompeo was on the RNC and talked from Israel with all everything that's going on over there, which is uh, going... Historic peace deal going yeah. on over there that no one's talking about. It's that actually, actually like pushed me into the deal. maybe yes camp for Trump. The last time we talked, I was in the definite no over the Patriot Act. Now I'm kind of in maybe yes territory. I still don't know if I'm going to vote for him or not, but you know I'll actually consider it at this point. I'm I'm registered. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got uh, a lot of complicated feelings. Spartan says he <laughs> I hate Rand Paul signed Act 447, which I looked into that. Uh, looks like that is Justice for Uncompensated uh, Survivors Today Act of 2017, and I'm going to look into a little bit more of what's going on with that. Okay. It looks like one of my senators here was the lead sponsor of it. So that's, I didn't, it's something I didn't know about, but it's something I want to look into. Yeah, I didn't know about it either. Uh, watching trains go by, says they're like a bunch of dogs trained to attack and waiting for someone to point out a target. No minds, just an evolutionary desire to kill. Yep. Uh, Saint Actual has got a sticker up here. Saint says, find that cricket and kill it. Yeah, that's going to be happening here. Uh, Spartan says, who is pushing all this chaos? Ultimately, what is the head of the snake? And we have got stickers. We've got D-Live stickers. Money. Jake, that is me. That's got the cricket in the background here. Uh, watching trains go by says that was supposed to be the Koran, but I was worried about YouTube censors. No, that's a holy book, so they'll uh, put that in here. And Spartan will get last word for the day. It says, it is a blackmail act. I will link you some info. And... We're going to hit the D-Live chest, so you guys go ahead and get ready to check that. And normally I would just go into the outro here and do all the credits and sell all the wares once again here. But since you are here and they may not know where to find you, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Yeah, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at the Libertarian Kitchen Witch, at L-I-B-T Kit Witch. Um, I also have a blog, Libertarian Kit Kitchen Witch. It's mainly food history and recipes. I also have a YouTube channel, The Jessica Green Show. Um, you can also find me by typing Libertarian Kitchen Witch into YouTube. And I run the 100 Nights of Horror Facebook uh, challenge. Um, we also have a Twitter at 100 Horror Nights. If you're interested in joining the largest horror movie challenge on the internet, please come and join the fun. We're going all the way to Halloween night, and uh, you can check out our list of movies there. Are you on schedule right now, or are you behind currently? I'm behind. I think I'm seven behind, but um, no one has completed the full challenge ever. And we've been doing it for, I think this is our fifth year. No, this is our fourth year. So um, I got 57 last year. So <laughs> if I get anything more than 57, I did better than I did last year. <laughs> and thanks again for coming in and checking us out. Totally. And uh, 
Thanks for coming and sitting in for Elaine. Uh, hopefully she will be back here next week. I know she's had a rough couple weeks this uh, these past few weeks, so we will see what's mm -hmm. going on with there. But uh, looks like she will be back here next week to read the news with us. So make sure you come back and check her out and give her a good welcome back. Thanks for uh, checking us out over there in the live chat as well. We streamed live to DLive, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Periscope, and Twitch. I had that out of order, but I still managed to get through it as well. And if you are just checking us out now, after I get done threading the two videos together from our little interruption over there, we will be available over on YouTube. I'll actually put it together as one video or over on bitshoot.com. So go over there and check us out over there or... As I said back in the beginning, if you'd rather take us on the go, you can find us over on the audio platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Go over there and check us out. Subscribe to us on all of those platforms. And if you're on iTunes, leave us that five-star rating and a good review. That helps us move up the charts, and it helps us overcome Apple uh, algorithm. Also, hit the like button if you're on YouTube and the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. That also helps us move up the algorithms. It helps tell people what to watch over on YouTube. And lastly, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Lead them out. Oh, uh, I didn't have anything prepared. I'm sorry. But definitely don't take my word for it. Fact check everything I said, for sure. <laughs> take care. <laughs>